All right, it's been a long time, but it is time to wrap up the 2023 fantasy baseball season. Jay, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing pretty good. When you say wrap it up, um, it was wrapped up weeks ago. This is a long moratorium on that <laughs> season. The season is it is dead and gone. There are some burning embers. That, yeah. There are some burning embers that, like... At, like we were just talking about me winning the seventh place matchup, it gave me some kind of life, but in the overall death that I experienced in the playoffs. Um, Wait, so like, yeah, you had seventh place in our league. What what place did you get in your other league? Uh, I was like dead last or fifteenth in the other league. So, so the other the other general. league, I finished fourth the first season. Okay. Great showing. Um, that other this year, I like finished like. Uh, dead last um, made some moves that will hopefully help me in the next season and also um, am benefiting hoping to benefit from having Matt Olson in that league to like uh, I maybe I, build around I, him for I a couple like years that. He, I rode his coattail yeah so that's a, like a that's one of those burning embers okay burning embers burning embers yeah well, you know what? Let, let's keep those embers burning over for, the offseason. For our season. league, I can tell you the, what some of them are, yeah. But, there was, but it was basically the seventh place victory that was like, oh, God. Okay, so I can at least win a matchup. Um, yes. Hold that thought, Jay. Again, ladies and gentlemen, fantasy baseball advocates, for those of you who don't know and for those of you listeners out there, listeners of the fantasy Premier League and listeners abroad, we are looking for more listeners, so please come follow us. You can find us on RSS. You can find us on Spotify. You can find us on YouTube. I believe you can look us up on Google, right, Jay? Yeah, uh, Google we, Podcasts. We are the Fantasy Baseball Advocates. My name is Jason Call. This is Jay White. We are both nurses. We've been nurses for seven, almost eight years now. Yes. And we are... Uh, Caring professionals. Who are obsessed with fantasy baseball, and we're ready to take the leap, guys. We want you to come with us. Yes. So thank you for listening. And yeah, we're about to. We're going to tell you a little bit about what we're going to do in this fantasy off season. We're going to yes. build a lot of steam. Yes, going we into are. Twenty twenty four. Yes. Yeah. And here's why. For those of you thinking that random listener we have out there that we don't yet, please. They could, Please keep listening. Yeah, they could this, be in the UK. This they is could what, be this is what we somewhere want. else in Japan, and they love baseball. You can they play fantasy baseball. fantasy baseball on Yahoo, CBS, Fantracks, all of these other different fan crafts, all of these other different formats. ESPN I would not highly recommend. That's a hard format to follow, but you can play there too. That being said... I want you guys to know that the link between the fantasy baseball advocates and fantasy baseball is mental health. For everybody out there, we take mental health so seriously. And I mean this. I mean this from the bottom of my heart. And Jay does too. We love this game of fantasy baseball. We love getting on here. We are not being paid. We're doing this for free. We are taking time away from our days to do the because we enjoy this with a passion. And we want you to know that we're going to continue to do this. And we're going to build. We're going to build upon 
upon this. And you guys need to understand that it is so important that everybody seeks refuge somewhere in the busyness of our lives. Whether you're a family man, a single person, uh, a woman, a guy, you know, a boy, a girl, all ages. Yeah. All all cultures welcome. Everybody from everywhere needs to have a safe space to go to because life's crazy and living in this world is crazy. And Jay and I have talked and we enjoy doing this so much. What better way to link what we do as professionals to our favorite game but to say we are advocating for you to find some sort of break mental health yeah. break for yourself in life and ours just happens to be this wonderful game of fantasy baseball yeah now that being said jay you have anything else you want to add to that oh uh, no just a uh, yeah always <laughs> you know i love to talk um yeah i i totally agree i just i, I echo everything you just said um and i feel that like you alluded to that life is full of there is work and toil and struggle and wrestling with things in life it's part of life but yeah i agree like people need a refuge and just a place to have a little shade from all that sun and work and toil you have to enjoy something um i mean and people enjoy things about their work but we and this is like as you say, like this is a bubbling passion for us. This is something that's just, it's now starting to bubble over the surface, take over time and attention and care and attention into what we're doing. It's, that's what we're, we're witnessing right now. So. Absolutely. So that being said, today we are going to bid adieu to the fantasy season that was, but with those burning embers that Jay talked about earlier, we're not going to turn too much attention towards the season that was. We'll give a little talk to that. We're going to give you a little preview of what's to come in the off season for us, what we're doing to build upon our product for all of the, you listening out there. And we're also we're just going to have some conversation about what's going on in the current real world of baseball and how that correlates to our fantasy game as well. Uh, but, Jay, you know, Halloween's coming up, and I, I was just wondering, I was wondering, like, what's your favorite, when you were a kid, what was your favorite candy? <clears throat> or or oh, even as an me, adult. I'm sorry. Um, that just elicited a cough. Um, I love chocolate, so um, usually it's going to have, like, chocolate in it. That would have been the best candy I would have considered that the best, even as a child, I think. And now, until this day, I still feel like the candy that has chocolate in it is the real candy. And the other stuff is kind of like imitation yeah. candy. But it's not It's not imitation candy. I can appreciate a lot of hard candies or whatever. But um, that's my preference. Cool. I think my, I would agree with you as an adult. My preference as an adult is... Uh, I love almond joys. Oh man, me too. And so I love that um, works out good for us because we can eat the almond joys that other people don't want. Yeah. And I oh, are you really gonna take wait wait wait, wait 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 wait? For those of you who don't know, Jay I won't and take I, yours. Hold on, I, come on, wait, Jay. 
We we had these moments before. Remember we had the stepbrothers moment when the man is like, wait, you got a daughter? I got a daughter? They're at the same age. Wait, you're a nurse? I'm a nurse. Wait, you love fantasy baseball? I love fantasy baseball. Wait, you like almond joys? I love almond joys. Okay, here we go, guys. Do you like black jelly beans? I mean... All right. Yeah. I'm know. safe. So Ladies and gentlemen. We finally found a degree of separation. Yes. Ladies safe and gentlemen. Boundaries. Black jelly beans is my Man, safe space. You but can that, have all of them. That's Easter I, I don't not like jelly beans. I like jelly beans. And, and when it comes to other candy, we got to pick out the best ones. And jelly beans are, I think, some of them, actually. I mean, I like candy corn. And other pe- some well, other people may not like that. So you much. like candy corns? Yeah, I, I like love candy corn. I'll but eat them. It's got to be Brock's. Brock's, okay. and and I prefer the pumpkins. Do you like the pumpkins? I like all candy corn. All candy corn. How about like how about York pepper patties? Do you like York pepper patties? I like them. I don't seek them out. I don't go no. above and beyond for them. Okay. You are a true chocolate. I, I don't not like mint. I like mint, you know, but I mean, mint chocolate isn't my favorite combination. Are you a chocolate peanut butter kind of guy? Well, yeah. I mean, you I like, you prefer like the, that. You like the Reese's Cups? I love Reese's Cups. Um, I like just good old Hershey's milk chocolate. I oh, like, that's good. Um, yeah. I like a lot of those things. Um, M&M's are, right. M&M's have taken milk over chocolate. my life right now. Gotta and they are chocolate. my favorite and I didn't see it coming. I was a dark chocolate. I oh, was getting yeah. pretty like dark chocolate a lot and like getting kind of bougie with it. Um, but now M&M's have taken over. They're readily available at vending machines everywhere. So when you so were in Las Vegas some. a couple months ago, now for those you know, I've got family in Vegas, so I seem to find my way out there at least once, once a year, once every other year. But you recently went to Vegas, right? Mm-hmm. You get the yeah, chance to the stop at the M and M store on the strip. I don't know if we went to the M and M store. Um, it's it's there. one of those and things you guys see at least family once. and I actually just went to uh, the Mall of America recently, and that was also a first for me. That's somewhere I've always wanted to go, and um, we didn't go to the M and M store there either. We we um, by the time we wanted to, it was too late. Things were closing, um, so I missed out on that. I think in both places. So, Jay, we're talking about Las Vegas and the M&M store. Something that really excites me is the idea of the Las Vegas Athletics. Oh, man. That is exciting. Actually, it keeps getting more and more exciting. It's going to happen. The more you get over the the negative and the the, um, death of something in a certain place, which I mourn. Like, as a sports fan, that would be crazy. Um, it's I'm like glad the Colts. It's like the Colts are now pretty much coming to their own, and they have their own history here now. But there's a whole generation ago where I'm really it glad was you're a bringing totally this different up. thing because you're talking about totally death, different, team. and it's totally different death when it happens suddenly, or when it's a slow death that happens over time, and you have what's called right there the overnight where they move grieving. the team overnight. Yeah, that, like that's shock, overnight death. How shock. about this one? The lost the fans of Oakland 
and the ownership have been at odds right. for years. This has been like a grievous. Yeah, mess. this is one of those where it's like everybody is just ready to move on. Yeah, well, I mean, the fans want something, though. You know, they don't. They do want, deserve better, right? They, but but they don't want to not have a team. So, um, but yeah, did you hear the comments by uh, newly retired closer of the athletic Trevor May? Uh, no. Yeah, I didn't specifically hear what he... He had some choice words, apparently, oh, for really? Oakland's ownership. Okay, well, but yeah. that doesn't always look great when the no. players... Start. No, I heard, it, well, I heard you know, it got a pretty good reaction. I heard, you know... I so. think it's... You know, I don't... Yeah, it's if you're there's something, like, toxic about it, it's going to come out. It was a toxic relationship like between Oakland's ownership it's gonna, and the city of Oakland and the We're going to come to understand what it was really like. Like other teams that have, and uh, like I mean, I'm thinking of the Redskins just as an example of like how there was some unsavory things that might have been a part of it, and, the, and they ended up. I mean, they didn't move locations, but it's a whole new name now. So, anyways, yeah, no, no, no. This are all, this is going to be such fun off season talking about this stuff, Jay. We're gonna have so much fun, but let the uh, Let's let's uh, remember some of what was in our our own home league, our let's fantasy Premier League that ended remember. a month ago. Um, Jay, let's start this way. So Eagle Ridge uh, was the team that won won the league. Uh, for those of you out there who don't know, we're not going to spend too much time specifically talking about this league, but this is our home league, and. Uh, it is a deep 16-team league head-to-head categories format. And for those of you out there listening that don't belong to this league, this is the style that we will be talking about. So in the future, when we are doing position breakdowns, we will be talking about uh, players in respect to a very deep league. And so there's different valuations that happen with players when you play in a... 15 plus league versus when you play in a 10 teamer or 12 teamer. So just a little uh, tease there. Now, Eagle Ridge won the league. He's won it. It was his first time actually since 2019. So I feel like we as a whole, this guy's a juggernaut. We as a whole yeah, did yeah. a good job to keep we've, we've that title away from him their, uh, for yeah, four their years. Rain a little bit, but you couldn't be held down. They couldn't yeah. be held down forever. So Jay, uh, we'll start with you. You, well, you got the chance to play him in the first round, and you, by my recollection, had a narrow loss. Now, I don't want to spend a lot of time talking about it, but if you will, just. Maybe talk to us about anything you want to talk to us about, about that matchup, how you would grade your season. Okay. Okay. Um, it was kind of an ill-fated matchup with Luke. Uh, we talked about before, you asked me what I had to do to beat Luke in, as in our like playoff preview, and I said like I had to put my best foot forward on offense. I feel like I sort of didn't do that. I, I I shifted and I moved away from my deep bench. Should have kept my deep bench going into day one of the playoffs. I moved. I shifted towards towards pitching. Picked up some pitchers. 
ultimately my insecurities with pitching got the best of me. You're I pointing feel at me. Why in the way that I managed my team. Well, because you've been harping on pitching all year. So it's my fault that to this happened to you. What you laid out, which was, you know, a winning basically strategy. I mean, I was on the other end most of the season. Had a, a deep hitting bench. I believed that it could help me win matchups, and it didn't really come to fruition during the regular season. But if I would have stayed with that going into the playoffs, I would have been more ready day one going into that because that was an off day for some teams. I couldn't even fill my lineup Monday or Tuesday because of benchings that happened on my roster. So I felt up against it from the moment, from Monday when those games started, it was, I was in shock and horror from the very beginning is how I, it was an immediate death that happened and I was trying to crawl out of this grave that I dug for myself. So I, with that, I'm getting very morbid. But the point is, <laughs> the point is that I didn't have... We I love this game with the passion, the people. Remember that. And but Okay, so I've gone back and looked at every decision I could have made as far as managing, okay, during in the week. And I still, no matter if I would have done it as I'm describing, I still would have lost on offense. Okay. And as Luke said, I don't know if he said it in the chat or when... The truth is that my stars let me down in that, or, and maybe Vlad specifically lets, he's, he, you know, pointed that one person out, but basically my stars let me down. I could have gotten more production other ways, maybe on offense that was needed and didn't, but ultimately I would have lost on offense anyways. With pitching, I, I never had any, like, as I got into the in-week management, I don't really have any regrets about how I did it. I did it. I had to get some volume, and I actually feel like I did a decent job of that. They did. They ended up being uh, – had a bunch of people that started – had starts later in the week, and they just didn't do very well. They could have easily done better if things would have just broke one way or the other. But I took my chances with, like, Trevor Williams and – all the, these other guys that I just basically had to. And I so actually feel I, good about it. I got him I got him actually thinking I had a chance later in the week. Um, but it just didn't, you know, so those starts didn't end up being quality. Players they, such they as Trevor well. Williams matter in our league. They do. They do. They really, truly do. Now, Jake, can you give us a grade for you? Not your match. Season or play? Yeah, give or? me a season grade. That's one matchup. You you had a bad matchup. It's hard. He ended up ultimately winning. He beat me in the next round. Okay, dude. I'm. It just is what it is. But right great now, your season. Honestly, like I've got the critical eye right now for some of the trades that were made and some of the way that I managed it over the course of Before the season. I'm like B minus. Oh, I was gonna say, can I get you to? I'm think trying not to be too hard on myself. No, it's okay. Think from this way. Think of what you expected going into draft season back in March. Think of how your season played out, and then think of how your right. season ended. Right. And only grade yourself based upon that. Don't be too critical of yourself based upon the intricacies of the season sure, because sure. everybody has well, their ebbs and flows, as evidenced by the fact that the Braves, for the second year in a row, just manhandled all of baseball for over 162 games 
and they're ousted by the Phillies to playoff. Mm-hmm. And then well, now ran into the wrong here we team are. We're looking. Time, we're looking at a World Series. Of it's almost like watching a five seed and a nine seed from an NCAA tournament final. Yeah, yeah. These are just the last two teams standing. Now, granted. I think the Rangers, if they win, they, they've got a claim to say that they were the best team. Okay. Well, do that's... I think that they were the best team, head and shoulders? No. But do I think they were one of the best teams? Yeah. Now, the Diamondbacks win it? No, they were not one of the best teams. However, kudos to them. They've been playing with house money the whole time. They were never supposed to be any good. So the fact that they're even here, it, that that. Sports awesome. So, Whoa. sorry, all of that perspective aside, take a look at your season going into it, how it played out, and how it ended. How would you grade yourself? Um, I mean, I have to stick with what blurted out of my mouth, which is like B minus, because it, it okay. really, it, it was, okay. I was, I was resting between a C plus and a B minus, and the reason I say that is because. I was very entrenched in my position this year. I had it. It was a season long plan. Like basically, you know, it was like a, it was a somewhat, you know, like well thought out kind of thing, um, strategy. And it worked to an extent. Um, I expected to like, or I was wanted to win my division and I was able to do that. It took the whole season. There was a lot of, anticipation or not anticipation but like um you're waiting for the fruit of that strategy and it actually showed up when i needed it to to win the division and make the playoffs so i can't be too hard on myself in that in july and like yeah when it mattered i was able to win matchups and win the division before that and actually on this as on the season as a whole it was pretty ugly i went back and looked at all my matchups they were all so like hard fought there were no clear victories that i had during the season maybe later in the season when i had some big weeks from but like it was a i just got the crap beat out of me for 20 some weeks Hey, looking back, that, it was that I, is fantasy baseball. Just, that it's a survival. It's a gun. It was this whole season was like that, and so making the playoffs was great. And ultimately, it was like so grueling and immediately um, not pleasant to be on. Or you know what I'm saying? Like it was like oh my god, um, it was. I mean, what? How else would it be? But it was a that's, dog fight. That's the thing. You know, there's something to be said um, for that. It's a gauntlet. So do you think that maybe there's a correlation between the fantasy game and the real game there? Because how is it the Braves can win 100-plus games year in and year out and get ousted in the first round? You almost want to be, I think, from my history of watching baseball and playing fantasy baseball, you want to be challenged. Yeah. Week in, week out. You've got to keep it going, right? You've got to keep that hunger going. Those teams, I, I saw so many times back in the Peyton Manning days with the Colts where they would get like the number one seed and lose because they got a buy in the first round. And then you're taking a couple weeks off. You're you're rusty. And then you get taken by a team that's hot. Part of the, part of the connection is the attention to detail in the... Um, 
ownership in the management of these teams, the ownership. Yes. The 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 Diamondbacks trading for Gabriel Moreno and Lourdes Gurriel Jr. Trading away Dal- Dalton Varsho to get that, and those guys showed up. Guriel was my yes. so one of my things with this season was I did not believe like I we talked about some of the his defense uh, expectations really going into the season. season. That's what I'm saying. That's one of my big things was I was like the reason I felt like Jake McCarthy was going to have so many at bats oh going into this season. And People I was go back and listen to our first podcast. Oh, right. it, it's hilarious. Jake McCarthy's going to be violent at bats. He's the greatest thing. Home runs, stolen bases. Oh man, <laughs> you know, and battery average, anything. Alec Thomas overtook him pretty early, and I did not believe that that would happen. I really felt like he'd earned some playing time over him, and that Alec Thomas was going to struggle even for playing time. Didn't believe in the Diamondbacks' ability to fill the outfield, even with Gurriel, because I didn't know. Was Corbin Carroll? How much center field and what kind of center field is he going to play? How much can you you utilize that during the season Corbin, or in the playoffs? Corbin Carroll's between stat. the outfield and DH. I I knew they had a bunch of guys, but I guess I didn't believe that it could shake out as well as it did. And you, I felt like they needed contributions from people like Jake McCarthy, and they you, ended up not. Do you foresee any way Bird Law? Like entertains, I, I think he has to now. It's value the like ultimate trading, value, yeah. The trading Corbin Carroll when they're like a top fifty. Take? This you know, his, I mean, I, his value let's start with top right fifty, now. and then like how much higher are you willing to? Oh, Corbin well, Carroll's. Think of trading. Think if, of if we're playing redraft right now. And we're drafting for next year, and people are drafting out there. Let's if you're playing at trades. the, if you're playing at the NFBC, or if you're playing uh, best ball, or some of those, like a lot of the expert leagues, uh, they're drafting now and in November. And I, I do plan on jumping into those waters next month. Yeah, I'm going to try to do an NFBC draft, yeah. but for those of you who don't know, that stands for National Fantasy Baseball Championship. Um, I'm you want to do you want to do some of this without any uh, preseason rankings? Yeah, like you're ready to I, dive in right now. No, I want to wait till around Thanksgiving so I oh, get about a well, month. Yeah, I, mean, I can yeah, get yeah. a month worth of ADP. And well, then I feel dive like in. you need weeks after the season just to kind of decompress and you do start taking in but Jay, new stuff. You know me, different stuff. I'm, I'm decompressed already because I'm, I'm still ready to processing go. this season in the playoffs, like. Please From do me a favor. After today's show, you're done. You're turning the page. You're looking forward to 2024. Well, I needed a break. I filled this whole last few weeks with work and um, in like work and outside of work. I was doing get, doing a bunch of stuff. Like I could not stop. Ladies and, and gentlemen, so I didn't even have time this, to think about it. This is why we need our mental health refugee, our breaks. Yeah, our lives are so crazy busy. Um, we need we need to be able to talk about fantasy baseball today. So, in one of the fantasy takeaways was like, and this, it kind of goes to what we were just talking about, right? What veteran, top 50 guy could I throw at you right now to make you trade Corman Carroll? What would okay. it take? So, if I was a Corman Carroll owner, first of all, what amount of. I would have to consider trading him because if you're smart, well, 
You, it doesn't mean just because you're considering trading somebody doesn't mean in the back of your mind you're not thinking there's no way of trading this guy. Well, yeah, yeah, That's absolutely. something I've learned over the years. I can think in the back of my mind. Defy, those decisions no, defy yeah. what you could. Yes. Sometimes the truth ends up being better than you could have possibly yeah. imagined. You never thought you'd trade that person, but you have to. Here's you just realize okay, that okay. it is the right here's, thing to do for your team. Here's a barometer. I didn't want to trade Carlos Rodon. I thought maybe I should never trade him. Because of what he showed, that he finally got healthy and put together this. But I, re- I knew that I should because this is what some people are offering me something really good for. There's enough interest. And it just felt, I just as a business decision, I realized it was the right thing to do. Okay. It's a good right? point. Very That's good a comparison. Point. Yes. Top 50. We're talking about there, those interchangeable business decisions that we do make in our game. Baseball players. We may be playing the game, but we are running the ship. We are the manager. We are the general manager. It's like, like there is in-game managing and weak managing. Looking at matchups to decide maybe I'm taking this star player out because he's slumping, and this guy that's on my bench that can play yeah. left field. Some slumps are big enough that you have playing to like in acknowledge Coors Field that. against the. Yeah, opposite against the same handed pitcher. Manny Machado is a good example of that for this season that I had to get comfortable with that I might actually have to bench him for a little bit because he was not providing anything. But I, it didn't. My whole belief in him wasn't shattered. But I had to get comfortable with the fact that it got to the point where I was like, I think I need to bench him to get more production out of my team. But that's okay. It doesn't Amen. mean that I hate Manny Machado and I'm instantly going to trade him. I had I entertained that thought this year, for sure, and throughout the whole time because now we're dealing with an injury. Now we have a injury that we might be getting off season surgery for, and what does that mean going into next year? Where am I going to be next spring? Well, I still healthy, think ready? I still think having Machado and Vlad Jr. at your corner, she you should still feel pretty solid. I do feel that. still you good, should you know. But um, let's 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 take this back to your original question. If you're the Corbin Carroll owner, you have to think, you have to entertain the idea of what he, he could get you on the open market. Now, here's why. Like I said, I alluded to this. You may be thinking in the back of your head, "There's no way. There is no way I'm trading Corbin Carroll." But here's a barometer for you. Two years ago, well. A little over a year ago, when I was kind of out of it in, in our home league, um, I wasn't completely out of it, but it, it wasn't looking good. Um, so I, I traded a keepable Fernando Tatis, and in return, I got a first, second, and third round pick. Oh, yeah, I remember this. On story. top of that, I got Christian Javier, who at the time was an amazing was doing great. He was doing great last year, and I kept him to my frustrations. Sure, I still might keep him next year, but still, I got him. Yeah, so I yeah. got a keeper, those, those three are... picked, and I got Ryan Mountcastle, who I I was I traded him to you, so I got value for him. It's so funny. So, I was already thinking the name Ryan Mountcastle when so, you were saying what you were saying because of the these are the fringe keepers that end up they. And I say fringe with all due respect because they end up being so important. So what does a keepable so Corbin valuable. Carroll get you then? And to... Christian uh, Javier, Ryan Mountcastle. <laughs> Those are... I'm calling them fringe, 
But I'm saying fringe Javier's top fringe 100. Now. He wasn't fringe when I acquired him. No, he, he was, was a like solid it was like top hundred more yeah. than top hundred fifty. Yeah. So well, for perspective's sake, Corbin Kilisi, the the guy in our home league that has him, also has Raphael Devers and Fernando Tatis. Corbin Carroll, depending on the way our league our league goes based upon Yahoo's pre-draft ranking. Now, we may be switching formats, but that's something we'll talk about later. I'm sure you heard that. They're the rumor mill. Yahoo anyway, is all I know, man. Yeah, well, I'm, excited. I, I'm excited. I, I'm excited. I'm not closed-minded about it's, any of it. I'm excited to just I'm just excited to grow the league. It. Yeah. And that's another I'm thing. Not, I'm open-minded going into it. I'm not. I used to be like, oh, I'm not comfortable with going away from Yahoo, but I've I've had a few years to think yeah. about it. Yeah, so yeah. so I if, used to be uncomfortable with that prospect because, like I said, that's Corbin, all I knew. But if I, Corbin Carroll's a one-year rental, I still say he nets you a solid, like a one and a you keeper for a player, and a right? Pick? Right, because right? just a pick's but not worth it. If just a player is not a unless it's the best player. One. Yeah, I mean you gotta at least look at that package. I told you a one, a two, a three, a solid keeper and a French keeper. That's a, Insane. This guy is five foot eight, nothing, a hundred like eighty pounds. You don't think he's got that kind of power, but the way he moves his body, yeah, it's he the Brian Reynolds. All, yes, it's the guy who can oh, do that's everything. The one we that talked got about away. this yes. on our like please, previous podcast about these thing. vertically challenged people please that are like dynamic baseball players. Jose Altuve. Um. Yeah. Which I was going to say when we were talking about what veteran would I have to give you. But he's too old in terms of fantasy. Like, you don't want Jose Altuve. Um, but he's a perennial top 50 guy. But here's that, you don't want that for Corbin Carroll. He's and 10 a deep years league, younger. Jay, in a deep it's, league, you, it's the older guys that tend to give you value because they get overlooked because everybody with the young guy. That's the story. How do you think J.D. Martinez the did fantasy this year? playoffs. Or a, everybody forgot about him. DH and at 36 yeah. years old. He had a down year in the previous year. People thought his best year had been. What I didn't he forget about him. He kicking dirt. 36 home runs him. and 103 RBIs or something like that. I think kicking now, dirt I, drafted him and kept him all season long. He certainly didn't forget. Like He yeah. he saw the value. I think, I think he's got to be somewhere That's extreme value. Else. Yeah, because I think he fell. I think Shohei Otani is going to the Dodgers in the offseason, so I don't think Martinez. Is I think they've made there. room as an organization and you know they money the wise they could for they, him too. They have the money. There's only so many teams in this league that have the money for Shohei Otani. Sorry, guys. Yeah. We're going off on a tangent here. So. This so started much to with, talk about, Jay. We got so much to talk about this well, offseason. We started. We. Like, we got off on the Arizona Diamondbacks. Like, that was just one of my fantasy takeaways from, like, the baseball playoffs was, like, as you just – we just talked about some of the veterans, and you got – you saw a lot of baseball veterans. up to stock. Great story. That is a great baseball story. Gabriel Moreno's up to stock. Ketel Marte gets to play in a World Series, and I think that's awesome. In fantasy baseball, we care about the statistics, and like there have been like such high expectations around Cattell Marte, like, um, but in real life, 
He just showed up in a big way. I love when these people become clutch athletes, real awesome baseball players. Fills his position. How well does he fill his position? I got a question. On second base. Why are we talk by Tom Marte? Do me a favor. Look what on real our real life value is that they had to pay him some money. Yeah, too, they did. But look on our professional communication Slack page and see who's who's active. We may be able to make a live on air phone call. Andrew walks. Oh, did he join? Yeah, I think. He Is did. that shirtless? Yeah, that's shirtless. Yeah. I think he did, which is like our league is transitioning to Slack and almost everyone now is on. It took me a couple weeks. Like I wasn't, I've, I tuned out kind of to the chat and stuff for a while because I just, like I said, I got so busy and it's always like baseball builds up for me all season long. And then I actually, like as far as a fan of baseball, I've had to manage my like emotions with a long season as a fan, sometimes I get and – and I've actually like – I don't let myself get excited about spring training even. Like I have this thing where it's like, dude, I can only start so early. And I'm talking about watching games. Like I'm like I could watch spring training right now, but I'm not going to because I don't want to start reading into it and getting excited because I know it's a long season. And I've – in my life, like as I've been obsessed with baseball and fancy baseball since like – I mean – I've been obsessed with baseball since I was a kid, but with fantasy, it started in 2007 and I've watched baseball and I get so into it and then I get tired and exhausted in like August. Then it even, sometimes if the intensity was so great, July, start getting exhausted. Keep it going. You got to keep it. Now, as a fan of baseball, some of the things that have kept me going in the fall was seeing over the years, um, seeing the Detroit Tigers in the playoffs, late in the playoffs. It was just something special about that. So there's just certain things that would get me like, oh, I'm watching this. And of course, the Cubs, um, when, when they won the World Series, like, I was watching those games, like, I would go somewhere. Just to be somewhere, just to watch that game. And the things that happen, Javier Baez hitting, you know, clutch homers, like, the super memorable uh, moments. Okay, Jay, this this fun. This is our off-season bit of do show. Before we... But, yes, uh, I'm trying to slow burn and have something left for the playoffs when I watch baseball. It's hard to do. It is, but... I was able to take a little time off, and now when I watch these playoff games, it has been so... Exciting to watch, and I will say that I've been, I've had to recap some of these games. I've mostly watched the NL games, um, and I'm a Bryce Harper fan, and I just really enjoy watching him in these big moments. He is great. I think that he is great. I think that other great people, um, like Mike Trout, is also great, but Mike Trout's a little robotic. I think to watch. Bryce Harper brings out the best in, like, everything about these big moments. And he shows all this emotion, too. And, like, that, I'm not saying that it's – you have to do that. I think Mike I'm just saying that it is, is ex- just wired differently than He Bryce is, Harper. and there is nothing wrong with there that. Is he wrong. is great. To be he honest will with you, be great. if will you be, want him of course, to be I mean, that, in that the spotlight, I even have to say it. he needs I'm to be off the angels. I'm just saying it's exciting to like, watch. 
He needs to be off the angel. Everybody in the world. You don't have to be an avid base somewhere else. Understand that. What if he was in Seattle? Look, and they're like, I've said this for years. I've said this for years. There's two places I would love to see Trout go. Obviously, being a Cubs fan, Chicago is one of them. And I think he would be great on the north side. But to be honest with you, the place I always thought he'd end up would be Philadelphia because he's from New Jersey. You know, and man, just a sheer prospect. If they could pull up a trade and have Trout and Harper in the same lineup. God, with Schwarber. I mean, the less athletic he gets, and you would think he would stay in the American League, but Um, we'll see. Well, now well, the National League is the DH. But it, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, see, here we before, are. But... We're just talking about our baseball fandom here in, on October 25th. Yeah, I wanted to talk about some real baseball stories. Catal Marte was a great one. Um, Adolis Garcia brings to light the fact that one of my themes of like recapping the, the real-life playoffs is like there's all these veterans – um, which it just isn't terribly exciting for fantasy. The young guys like Corbin Carroll and like to a lesser extent, um, Evan Carter or somebody like that's what you get excited about for the next. Now, those guys are gonna well, Evan Car- Corbin Carroll's in a different. Yeah, it's a different level. He's a just, top three. Pick I'm trying to find draft, someone right? else young to pick out that because. Yeah, these other guys are. Oh, for those age-wise, Adolis Garcia is a very old rookie, and he's like thirty-one now. Well, he right? was a rookie 30? a couple years ago. I yeah, picked, yeah. I picked him up off the wire when yeah. he had a great year. People were like, "No, this isn't gonna happen." And I rode his coattail, and then he got cold September, and I just didn't keep. Kudos him. to Rosie for keeping him, and like I think I traded him too. Rosie yeah, just I didn't get him. to like the value. Just didn't get to. Translate into a bunch of winning and success, but Rosie had a good team the whole season. We talked about that. I, you know, we talked about that in other. It's podcasts, like his offense owner, was, you know, um, there was nothing wrong pound. with it. It just didn't fire on all cylinders or something like. And that's part of the in-season management and the from, in-game management that has to take place. You can have a a studly offense. Which I alluded to in our July offensive updates preview. I believe I ranked his offense second in the league. But if you don't do the correct tinkering, the in-season, the in-week management, you're not going to maximize your team's capabilities. And therefore, you may be left out come playoff time or you may be... Not advanced as far as you're capable of. Well, maybe Francisco Lindor and Trey Turner as Trey your Turner, shortstop and DH. Maybe that could have he could have gone somewhere with that. I that's two pretty good shortstops to Francisco have. Francisco Lindor should have been traded, but it was hard because Lindor. As soon as I started saying that, he started producing like a utility hitter. Trey he was Turner everything had a cold for. first couple of months and then In turned it on and. At the end of right. June, yeah. yeah, yeah, sure. And then, then so, both of those guys are everything you could even want in a DH, but let yeah, alone a shortstop. But he needed help on the pitching side, and he could have flipped one of those guys for a solid hitter and a solid pitcher. 
and a pick if he would have done the right thing. There's more to it. But anyways, that's not what we're here to talk He was about. another playoff hero. Bryce Harper was a playoff hero. Nick Cassianos. But as I said, those guys are veterans. So yeah. it doesn't spark your fantasy. How about, how about Kyle Schwarber real life taking the baseball, lead for dude. most left-handed home runs oh hit God, in the dude. playoffs? I mean, Kyle Schwarber is... It might be no. I said left-handed. Was Reggie Jackson right-handed? I'm sorry, guys. I I'm 40 years old. So I did not grow up watching Reggie Jackson. I believe Kyle Schwarber now has the record for most home runs hit in the playoffs. Yeah, he was a left-handed. Okay, so maybe it's most left-handed home runs hit in the playoffs. Right. I, I could mean, stand corrected. I, I don't truly know. There but was all, a lot of Mr. October's. Like, this was, that's what I'm saying. Like, this was, the story was, like, all these veterans really showed up. Altuve was winning games for him, his teams, or for his team. Um, Bregman, Bregman, he showed up. Bregman helped them win games in the playoffs. So that's that was, like, the story that, but, and like we said, like, it was basically the teams that were, playing the best on both sides right now or who who made it what but it became arguable um two seven game series and the Astros were doing pretty well so it was like arguable which one of those had a better offense or um is like I think the Rangers up is I know time. well they ultimately Jay. are like in the in these like the the Diamondbacks and the um in the Rangers, like I, I lean on the offense, but like the Diamondbacks pitching was clutch. They clutch uh, game seven, you know, pitching and, and other parts of the series. Yeah, that obviously plays huge into it. It really does. But it goes back to their offense and like how they can score runs. Yes. Yes, absolutely. It, it's been I'll a pleasure they, to watch. Um, All two vacant hits. But home you're run. alluding to something. I think he made a one like kind of base running mistake, maybe in the playoffs, but that doesn't take away from anything. He made up for it, though. He There's a couple things I want to talk about to wrap this show up. We are going to give you. It's only going to take a couple of minutes. We're going to give you a preview of what's to come. But I want to allude to this. There are two things here. I'm going to hit on this if you don't mind. Um, number Go one, watching baseball, real. Baseball now in the playoffs, playoff baseball now versus the way it was 5, 10, 15, 20 years ago. Not not a lot of commentary on this, just something I noticed. There's no workhorse starting pitchers that you can rely on to come in in October and shut an offense down. I've yet to see it. The best, those Dying, those workhorses are a dying breed. My favorite pitcher they of all are time. They're like a dying breed, but we saw a few of them. Like, but they didn't do what they used to. Zach Miller had a really good showing. In yeah, the but playoffs. how many innings can he be relied on? They well, right? The, yeah, the bullpen get... comes in in the sixth inning. Yep. Uh, Pablo Lopez threw a seven inning game in Minnesota. They're sprinkled in, right? It's Most like of Justin time, even the best pitchers. Six. There you go. Six. He was. Well, he's one of the last. Him and Max Scherzer are one of the last two like workhorses, yep, yep. and they're only going five innings, and they're right. giving up a couple of and runs. The Diamondbacks like, got relievers to come in and throw seven strikes. Yeah, that's you what know, I'm that's saying. So like, it, baseball now lights out. 
it may just be where we are with what MLB's done to the ball and the rules and the game's favored the offense. I don't know. I think it started back with Andrew Miller and the Indians. Yeah, yeah. When they were the Indians before they were their Guardians, when For they were real. playing the Cubs. These things, he these would come in were as going a, on back then. He would come in as a fireman. Yep. And... And it was then. Yeah, totally. It was around 2016-ish I when people started going to the bullpens right. much yes, earlier in the John game. Lester and that started in the playoffs. Was, so, him throwing six in the playoffs was like, that yeah, was an accomplishment. Yeah, if you God, get, that felt like such a big accomplishment. Exactly. Because he was an older it veteran. It never used to be like that. If you get a starting pitcher who throws six innings of two runs or less like He just in expected a that game, of himself and he made it to that. Threshold. It's an amazing Sixth, playoff it's performance. Amazing performance. But for us playing playing the year throughout, you gotta go six innings at least and give up three runs or less to get a quality start. How if much you get did a you quality start in the those playoffs, starts from John Lester back then oh in two thousand sixteen. Those are yeah, like that's what I'm saying. That's about when that breed died off. Zach Wheeler, I enjoyed Kluger watching him in do his that this season for the Indians was doing it. Uh, yeah, Verlander did it forever. Roy Holiday. Do you remember some of those matchups between Chris Carpenter and Roy Holiday like 12, 13 years ago when there's Billy Cardinals? Montgomery put up some, some he great did. playoff performances this year. He did. He did. So there was Speaking some, of veterans. But not nearly as many. It goes back to my veteran thing that you counted on him in the playoffs to, to make some of those starts. In when you when you are choosing between three or four guys, sometimes. Well, here's the other flip side of that coin, is and you got moments like you count on Christian Javier to be Mister Big yeah. Game, and he came through in Game Three. He really did when they needed. They were down two, but he gives you one out and then gives up like four or five hits and three runs already and you're down before you even come to bat. That's rough. Playoff pitching's rough, guys. I don't know how much else to say about that. That's just my observation. It's not a pretty landscape for starting pitchers in the real-life playoffs. Yes, However, seriously. I'm going to take that. Uh, Jay, you, you talked you about... You just highlighted like how you have guys that are expected to have low ratios uh-huh. and... Whether that like translates, like that's I John, still say volume is key, but you just it's a different game in real. That's fantasy in real life. It's no the volume is still key in the regular season in real life. But what I'm alluding to is in the playoffs. You might it's only a beast need of a three of those guys. Those offenses, yeah, and those offenses that you're going against the playoff, your best two pitchers. If they get you five innings and you've only given up a couple of runs, yeah. they did their job. Yeah, if they that happens in the regular relievers. season, yeah, it's no. looked down upon as a bad outing. Like for example, let's take um, let's take Frombert Valdez. That's, he got lit up in the playoffs. Exactly the, whole the name playoff. I was going to bring but up. Like, He's but like during the regular season, ratios if, if and he not goes, give up hits. Yeah, and if he runs. goes six innings and gives up three runs. He gets us a quality start, but that may still be frowned upon during the regular season as a bad outing. Now, if he goes six innings and gives up three runs or less in the playoff, that's a great outing. Yeah. But he can do that. He got lit up. Right. Several that's, times. It's, it, it's a different beast. Part of what Those, we're talking about is how it's the 
it's the I don't know what it is. If it's the high 90s fastball and the strikeout potential that these guys have to have, Zach Wheeler has that. He can still throw 95, 96 and strike you out up in the zone. I think Those guys, it's trend. They watch the offenses I'm watching. They Val- watch Valdez, pitch not by game. pitch by pitch. I was listening to the commentator from one of the Christian uh, uh, Javier's last start where he just went one out. Like, Okay, so his sequence of events, like, even from the viewer, you should be able to pick this up. He missed high on a fastball on the first pitch of every at-bat that he had. So there's a trend developing. He's trying to go in with a four-seamer high to start the count. Now, I don't know if he's missing high because I wasn't watching it. was listening on the radio. Or if he was purposefully going high trying to get him to swing yeah. and, and start to command his zone. Be sure. But all I know is he missed high with each one of those, got behind the count, and each one of those, with the exception of Simeon, where he got bailed up by a ground ball, got a, got a homer, a double, or a base knock on In the playoff, they watch. You, you call the regular season a grind for us fancy baseballers. It's a pitch-by-pitch sequencing grind. That's mm-hmm. all I gotta say. Yeah. Um. Sorry, guys. Ran over. And it there. comes down to what you have yeah. to choose from, and whether you got it working for you. And yes, can you if you can throw that for a strike? Um, whole, whole different ball game. Jay, I'm glad we've Not had all hit. this to talk about today. But I'm kind of gonna wrap this show up. Uh, we've got a lot to look forward to in 2024. I I'm not gonna talk too much. My my season ended well. You know, I I won my first division. I won some money in the league this year. I I I won a playoff matchup against a team who I think everybody thought was the hottest team of the league when the playoffs started. And I had to do some in in week strategies that I wouldn't normally do, but they ultimately paid off. I executed the game plan so I won my first playoff matchup. I ultimately lost to the guy who won the league in my matchup with him. It, it, it was close up until Saturday. We were 8-8, and he started to pull away. I think your matchup with him was just a little bit closer, but I was close. Um, ultimately, I just did not have enough on offense at the end to get there. But I, I turned around, and the next week, I won third place. So the fact that I got third place, I won a division, I won some money. It was a successful season. I think it goes back to your I, assessment of Luke having the best overall offense. Yep. Most complete. Most, Most complete. complete. At showed. the time, it he really did not. Showed. I gave Bird Law the number one, but I told you there's a caveat. One through nine, each position, he was the most complete offense, which is why it was hard to keep up. Keep that in mind, folks. Very hard. So, that being said, uh, I have a great, I don't know. I, I'm not a, I'm not a, um, I don't like to heap praise upon myself, so I'll give myself a B plus. Because I always want to leave room for for improvement. And I I would like to win the league. I would like to be in the finals. Um, maybe I could... There's an argument for me giving myself an A-. minus. Maybe some people think I'm being too hard on myself. Whatever. You right. know, I looked at it as, as a successful season. But I'm turned, I've already turned the page. I'm looking forward to 2024. Now, that in mind, this product that Jay and I, the Fantasy Baseball Advocates, was started... We would like to pull in more 
or listener. So this is what our off season is going to look like. We're going to make our best effort, life, family, and everything aside, to give you two podcasts a month, two in November, two in December, two in January, two in February, and two in March for a grand total of 10 podcasts leading into the next season. Now, what we're going to cover in these podcasts, we're going to do positional breakdown. Jay and I are going to do rank the top 20 of each position based upon deep league category settings. So with that in mind, our rankings may differentiate a lot from some of the experts. Not crazy amount, but they will differ, um, especially when you get into the pitching, which that's the deepest pool. Don't worry, Jay. We won't get into that until March. But mm-hmm. with the pitching, there's a little bit more difference when you're in a deep league where guys who... Uh, may be able to give you that volume, but they may not have the high strikeout upside. Are are more valuable in our league because we need the volume. Yeah. Um, but stuff like that. So anyway, yeah. in November we are going to have some fun. We are going to do a podcast from a location to be disclosed. We're not going to give it away yet. That will be given away when we are are there, and we are going to talk about catchers, and then we're going to talk about first basemen. And that's our November podcast. In December, we're going to talk about second baseman, and we're going to talk about third baseman. A Christmas gift of a third baseman that you can plug in your lineup and stick all year round is a good Christmas gift because gift that, that is a that is a uh, position where it drops off fast. Uh, and then in January, we'll celebrate the new That's why year. Luke had the best offense with people like Joan. Don't worry, Jay. We're going to have our time to overtake Luke. It's off-season matters. In January, we're going to talk about shortstops. And we're also going to talk about relief pitchers. Because we want to leave the two deepest positions for February and March when it's really getting into spring training and in draft season. We're going to talk about outfielders and starting pitchers. And then we'll wrap our off-season podcast up right before the start of the our draft, probably sometime in like mid-March. Maybe we'll throw an next one in there somewhere. But we're going to do a mock draft just like we did last year. It's going to be a fun off-season, guys. Uh, happy Halloween. You'll hear from us here in a couple of weeks um, for a November podcast at Talking About Catchers. Till then, we look forward to hearing from you. Be safe. Be well. This is Fantasy Baseball Advocate signing off. Bye-bye.